Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 96 of the Showbound Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, here as always with Ethan Cardwell. Cards, what's going on? Where are you coming from today? New new background. Yeah, no, I'm going to be playing like, um, I don't know what you call them, musical backgrounds for the next little bit. So uh, kind of all over the place. So I'm currently in my uh, grandparents' movie room upstairs. Okay, out in, in Whitby? Uh, that, well, these ones moved to Curtis, so Curtis okay. now, but yeah setting up shop and actually while i am kind of on that topic so um i was bored i was looking for a snack today so i'm just kind of trying to think of something like somewhat healthy as a snack right and so i put uh i saw this on tiktok and i put grapes in a bowl like dampen them with a little bit of water or whatever clean them off too and put a little bit of salt on top and then throw them in the uh, freezer for like 30 minutes and it was actually unreal have you ever tried that I tried. I didn't. I tried it without the salt. I tried just like frozen grapes once. I, I'm. There's a chance I might have talked about this like a long time ago on the podcast, but everyone was telling me like try frozen grapes. Like, but I didn't freeze them for 30 minutes. It was like hours, and I didn't like them. I think 30 minutes would be a lot better. Where they're just like a little crispy. They're not like it, get, it gets that little crunch to it. It's not like it. You don't want the middle to be like I don't know like uh, hard. You know. You know. You like. Yeah, I, I think I gotta try that again. But and speaking of things to try. I tried barbecue sauce on eggs. It was yesterday morning. It's it's Tuesday night. I tried it Monday. Yeah, Monday morning. I tried barbecue sauce on eggs. And yeah, I wasn't bad. I, I'm not going to like put it in my morning routine. But yeah, like you get some credit. And, and I guess the listeners are, are on equally on your side as mine as it was like a 50-50 vote on the social yeah, media, which was That's baffling what I'm to me. People are on that. And like it's actually, yeah, because you, you – like you bash it thinking it's brutal but like you got to try it it's it's not bad at all even coming from a guy who said it would be the worst thing in the world so yeah i mean I, i'm just shocked that so many people are like voted for it that that means they already tried it like they do it and they like it which was even more yeah, man, to me. it's a show it's an absolute clinic by the barbecue sauce on eggs but i mean let's stop talking about food let's get into the episode here <laughs> well i mean what what's been going on with you like another week um are you back on the ice yet or like where are you at with your summer like what's going on so i'm i'm going on the ice uh thursday friday this week i just rented it out so uh me and a few of the guys will just go out and skate to get my touches um like my body's feeling good and everything now been into the like physio and stuff like that a few times so getting right back to 100 percent strength and then yeah um been in the gym uh every day you know this you know the routine and other than that a lot of golf so yeah sauna and then golf but uh no it's been it's been good so far i'm actually uh i'm going on a vacation um in a week or two or yeah not even two weeks in in like six days where where are you going uh punta cana oh everyone's going to punta cana now man i don't know man i i don't even know much like about like I've never really been over there since I've been like older because so biz, been so busy with hockey and stuff like that during the uh, winter months and stuff. So I'm not sure this is like my first uh, trip to like overseas like that, um, like tropical, I guess you could call it for like uh, maybe like seven years now. Well, okay. Yeah. Big yeah trip it's been then. A while. So yeah, I'm excited for it though. Yeah, no, that'll be a good time. Um, I mean, before we get into some hockey talk, I want to touch on our interview, our guest today, because um, this is an interview that I'm so excited to get out there. It's Cole Timken, as you can tell by the title, 
formerly known as the toughest guy in the OHL. Uh, he was a four-year London Knight, was an assistant captain there in London. He's coming off his best year at Brock University where he plays now in U Sports and looking to go pro after. But what was cool about this interview to me, well, for one, uh, we did it in person. It was just, well, I guess, yeah. So it was just me. Cardsy was in the middle of his playoffs, couldn't couldn't get in on that one. Um, so Timmer and I did this at Archives Wine and Spirits, 39 James Street in Niagara, used coach showbound. Um, and we sat there over a couple, you know, glasses of wine, a couple beers or whatever. And we just sat there, no edits in the interview, just like free flowing, like a conversation, not one cut, not one edit, any of that. And we just like sat there and, and got to talk. And I thought it was a really cool, different style of interview with a different pace and a lot of stories, which is cool. And he's talking about how he, you know, got his reputation in the league and guys, he, you know, even unfortunately ended one player's career with a knockout and, we hear about all these stories and it was like, it was just really cool. And um, I'm excited for that one. And and he's a good guy and a good player. So it's going to be, uh, I'm ex- just excited to put this one out there, but. Um, Dude, he was like, I only played again. I think I only played against him once. And it was like in my rookie year or something. Um, or maybe a few times. I'm not sure. Did he away? What did he, was he in away? Yeah. For like half the season he was. Oh, okay. And then he went over to the Goge, right? Yeah. Okay. So I remember playing against him. Yeah, he was so scary, dude. Like, guy would just, like, when he was out there, like, you knew, just, like, hey, keep your head up. And then and then he wouldn't, like, he would give it to guys out there, too. Like, just wouldn't stop chirping and stuff. And, like, everyone was scared shitless of him, obviously. Yeah, he, he ran his mouth, and and uh, he does the same thing at Brock. Like, he's, he's nonstop talking. But it was funny, like, people, like, people have come to Brock who – played against Timken in the O or whatever. And they're like, Oh, this guy ran my show in the O like, and he's such a good guy. So like, like there's so many stories of people um, about him, which is funny. And, but he's just like many of the tough guys. He's like a really good guy off the ice, like not mean or anything, you know, like it seems like most of them are kind of that way. Just like great guys off the ice, but you hate them and you're scared of them on the ice. Yeah. I don't really know any kind of guy who like lives up to the reputation on the ice, off the ice. I think, uh, I think all hockey players are kind of the same, man. Like, honestly, like all kind of have similar personalities and stuff like that and get along so well. It's just, you hate each other. And that's how similar you are that, uh, that you just, you both hate each other for the same reasons. And then you uh, meet up off the ice, you meet up at a uh, different team or something like that. And you realize, Hey, like this guy's not too bad after all, but yeah. everyone's got to play the tough guy card out there. Yeah. Now, um, I guess some OHL news before we get into NHL. The Peterborough Peets now at this point OHL champions, winning in Game Six at home, which solidifies the Memorial Cup of uh, Kamloops, the host team, Seattle from the Dub, Quebec, and Peterborough. So, what are your thoughts, OHL player Ethan Cardwell, as the OHL season wraps up? What do you think? Yeah, I mean it hurts obviously uh, to see like an Eastern Conference team. Obviously, I'm excited that the East won it, but it also hurts at the same time because you you get to thinking, oh, what could have been and stuff like that. But uh, you can't dwell on it and stuff. But no, it's it's awesome for them, and um, obviously, big congrats to all those guys out there, especially the guys that I know well. And I think uh, what have we we had a few of the guys on the Pete's on the pod. So mm-hmm. what have we had Stillman? We had um, um, uh, yeah, no, but come on the pod and look at that. Look what happens. But no, I'm yeah. not. But it should be good, man. Like they had a good team all year. They kind of were 
off to a slow start. And I know we talked about it last week, but they're gelling at the right time. And obviously things are coming together and it looked like they had a great parade and stuff like that. So again, good for them. They, they deserve it. They had a hell of a team and they lived up to the hype. Uh, and then I don't know. I'd, I I want to get your prediction actually on uh, the member here. Who do you, who do you got winning? So I obviously don't know as much about the other leagues as I do about Peterborough and the OHL, but from what I'm hearing, Seattle's an absolute wagon, man. Like I, a lot I of people, are, and they have so many first round picks on their team. So if I, I mean, if you're putting me on the spot to make a prediction, I'm going to say Seattle. That's, that's who I'm picking. Yeah. Who do you think? I, w- I would agree with you there. Obviously want the OHL to represent well. And it looks like all the leagues are pretty good though. Quebec obviously coached by uh, Patrick Waugh and they have a solid team there. Pete's obviously we know a ton about their peaking at the right time. Seattle wagon from what I've heard and Cam Loops is no slouch either. They really loaded up at the mm-hmm. deadline as well. So it should be great. I mean, every, every year that team who's in it is competitive anyway, but this year it seems like they're, uh, they're definitely a threat. Yeah. I think they made it to the conference final too. And went, so they went deep in the playoffs. I, yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're no, they lost to, I think they lost to Seattle actually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it should be a good, tournament i'm pumped man it's always fun to watch and i just w- one thought one question for you about the ohl final there and i know like with brett brochu being injured for london and there was some goalie questions we talked about it like a couple episodes ago like dale hunter makes the call to go switch goalies facing elimination and, and put in wilmore um did you see that and like what do you think of that as from like a coaching perspective like that's a gutsy call and it, and it, he was great he was a great goalie yeah, he played well. Um, I mean, I I guess you got to go. I, I've never coached before, and it'll be interesting one day. Maybe you do coach and stuff, and you, you do it your own way. So it's it's interesting. Like, obviously, he's had so much success in the league, so nobody can even bat an eye at his decisions and, and stuff like that. So, <clears throat> but I, I, I don't mind it. Like, I mean, if you, if you have full confidence and full trust in that goaltender and then your team to back it up, um, then yeah, maybe you do need to shake things up. Maybe you need the the guys to feel a little bit more desperate out there. I'm not sure if that was what he was looking for or whatever, but um, yeah, no, like obviously the, the decision paid off well in uh, game five, was it? And then he played great in game six as well, just kind of came out on the wrong end of it that night. And London couldn't put any more past Simpson, who obviously played really well too, winning the MVP. But it, anytime you don't have your starting goalie, it's going to hurt. Yeah, and that's what I said about our our predictions a couple episodes ago. Um, you did say that, and we we both said, or you didn't pick. I said Peterborough in seven. Uh, obviously, Peterborough got it in six. So let's chalk one up for for the showbound predictions here. Um, there you go. Now, NH, we'll get into some NHL stuff quick. Like, I mean, it's three nothing Florida right now in that series. And it's uh, Vegas and Dallas go tonight, but it's two nothing Vegas as we record. I mean, just like Florida, <laughs> like if they can get the sweep and get the rest, I think they're not, no one's touching them. I don't know. That's another team coming into their own. And like, it's insane to see what they're doing there. Um, they're just steamrolling teams, like just going through them with no issues here. So They've got it in cruise control the last two rounds here uh, since since they took over that Boston series. But 
Kachuk is unbelievable, and Bobrovsky's pay, like playing up to his pay right now. I mean, there's no arguments about that contract, the way he's playing right now. If, if he can go out there and get them the cup, everyone will be like so happy that they had him and, and stop bashing him all year and stuff, you know? Yeah, it's absolutely right. If, if he, I mean, people are already saying now he's lived up to his contract and they haven't uh, gotten out of the, the, the conference yet, but he looks unbelievable. He looks like he's not going to be stopped and he's just a beast. So yeah, I think if, if they win this cup, like he's earned every, every penny, man, at, at the end of the day, like you sign a guy like that to win. And uh, if he can deliver, then, then good for him. He earned it. So, uh, cause he was taking a lot of heat, but what do you think about, well, I guess, okay. Is there, is there a chance for Carolina here? I think, I think Carolina, I don't know. It's kind of hard when you're down in, Rio to even say they have a chance, but I mean, you're, no one's really ever out of it at this point. Like, well, that's what you said in the Leaf series too, and you started, quote unquote, you started believing, <laughs> and yeah. um, it's never. Uh, I don't know. I shouldn't say that because if I was down three zero, I would say that there's a chance too. But um, I don't see this one turning around. Not the way that the Florida's playing. Like they haven't showed any, like sort of. Like, yeah, I know you're right. Slowed down at all? They've they've only picked it up as the playoffs have went on, and that starts with a historic first round and beating the Leafs, putting their team into a huge panic, and now they're absolutely dominating the team everyone thought was the wagon coming out of the East. Do you think Florida's like talking about this in the room? It's like we should probably ask this to Dolphs when we have him on. But like th- what they did to the Leafs and what's happening with the Leafs now, you think they're just sitting there laughing? Like, look what we did, boys! Like, look at this. I don't know, man, but they, they literally can't stop winning and they're on an absolute tear and they're taking out people left and right and stuff. So um, obviously what they did to Boston, crazy as well. So there, well, that's definitely a question to be asked for Delves. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I saw someone saying like, oh, if Carolina loses, do you blow it up? Do you blow- Why do fan bases keep panicking? Like they're in the third round right now they're, and they're missing two top players. Like don't blow it up. They're good. All you got to do is retool a little bit if you don't make it. But, like, Carolina's a good team, and they've been good for a while. Like, I don't know why people start panicking like crazy. What do you think? No, I, it doesn't make too much sense. Like, I don't I don't see any reason to panic, especially if they're, you're the Carolina Hurricanes. Because they, they play with grit. They just ran into some uh, tough uh, situations. Yeah. I mean, you get to the third round, like, you don't blow it up. That's not easy to do. Um, anyway, I mean, yeah, quickly on the Leafs, like, we, we talk about it quickly. I, I guess – not really much to say. Everyone kind of knows what happened, but I just hope it works out for the Leafs. That's all. I just hope the boys I stay. I hope. I, I hope we get a GM that keeps all the guys and and we run it back and and win the cup next year. Leafs twenty twenty four Stanley Cup champions. <laughs> Such a bold take. I mean, we'll we'll let it be. We'll come back in a year. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, is there? Anything you want to say now before we send it to the interview? After the interview, we're going to talk some golf. We got we got a lot to talk about on the golf end, but anything you want to go now? I think we're good. Let's send it over to Cole Timken now. All righty. We're pleased to be joined by Cole Timken in person here live at Archives Wine and Spirits in downtown St. Catharines. So um, a bit of a change of pace on this interview. For the listeners who aren't watching, if you're if you're listening, we're we're live at archives where we're gonna we're gonna have a couple glass of wine maybe a couple beers just shoot the shit timkin my a friend of mine and we live in the same city here so we, we had to do this one in person so um 
it's going to be interesting. So, Timmer, how you doing, man? Good. Just got off of a kind of a good day of golf, I'd say. I shot one of my lower scores that I have in a long time. So, that was good. I'm, I'm starting work in like the next week. I just got done my last exam actually this morning. So, just sitting back for another week and then I'm going to start work and start the summer grind. Yeah. So, I'll give a little background on, on Timmer here. So, uh, you're from Rainy River. Ontario so we'll, we'll get into that a lot more about Timmer's upbringing because that's one of the reasons like the biggest reason I wanted to have him on because his his story is incredible but um, a town of what seven eight hundred people yeah pushing like 900 maybe yeah that's three hours away from Thunder Bay like in the middle of nowhere and um, Timmer ended up playing in the OHL for the London Knights where he was an assistant captain and now uh, he talks about school he's here at Brock University playing for the Badgers um, and uh NHL camp along the way and we'll get into all this stuff but but uh so yeah we talk, we're talking golf timer like you said and I heard I don't even know if I want to bring this up but oh, so, bring it up so last week you got kicked off the course yeah <laughs> what, what happened it was kind of bullshit like I mean I can't I'll put 25 percent of the blame on Rochi just just because we were playing piss a cart like our tournament that we do with the team and he's sitting in the car with me. I'm driving. And we're going to go pick up my ball and go shoot, like, the best shot, which wasn't one of ours, obviously. So I'm going driving to the car, driving to the ball. And third time this afternoon, Rochi's hat flies off. So we make a big, big deal of it. Catch his hat, right? And then I look back. We grab it. And I look up, and there's trees right in front of me. And it's not like we were going super fast. Like, we were driving pretty responsible all day, I'd say. Like, we weren't that. We weren't that <laughs> drunk. And then I look up. There's trees right here. We we hit it. It was fine. We go in reverse. We go three holes later, and then a member ratted us out. Pulled the clubhouse. Guy drives up. This friggin' bald looking pit bull guy came out all pissed off. Act like we murdered somebody. And then yeah, didn't even give us a chance to explain. I got charged like fifty five bucks. There was no damage at all. Right? Oh really? Fifty five dollars <laughs> a man. Couldn't even finish our round. Fourteenth hole, but yeah, that's kind of luck I get on the course sometimes. Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll pour us a, a glass of water yeah. here while we wait to get get some drinks going. So my. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. This is a, a cool setup for an interview. We've actually never done an interview like like this, I guess, where I mean the listeners heard like people just walked by us and stuff. We're we're just chilling at the, the bar area of archives here. So fooling. Whatever happens, we're gonna go with it. No cuts, this interview, no edits, we're just going. Um but yeah, I wanted to talk about, like I mentioned, your your upbringing. So Rainy River, pushing nine hundred people population, made it to the London Knights, like I said. So um Timmer also, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be jumping back and forth, but Timmer has a reputation. This guy is known as the toughest guy in the OHL. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. I mean, I, I can say it. You don't have to say it. I'll say it. You'd fight anybody. You chirp anybody. Um, so going back, even before we get into all that stuff, what was your hometown like? Like, I want to know about your upbringing. What was that like growing up in Rainy River? It was it was a really small community. Like our town was so small, where when you start like youth hockey, you have to go across the border. It was right on the border of Minnesota, and the town in Minnesota is not not much bigger than Rainy River, but roughly wow. roughly about like I don't know maybe fifteen hundred to two thousand people, and so we got the benefit of going across there and like playing Minnesota hockey. Nice. So I I played there until I was ten years old, but I was always like jumping up like a division just because the hockey wasn't that good, and I was kind of excelling at an early age. Yeah. So I I ended up like jumping divisions, and then. My we moved uh, to Fort Francis, which was an hour away, which was like another hour closer to Thunder Bay, and ended up playing double A hockey there when I was ten, and then had a really good year. And I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I was one of the better kids in Fort Francis because looking at 
Fort Francis from Rainy River, you're like, oh, what a big town, yeah. big town of eight thousand people. It's like <laughs> what I look like. What I looked at, like when I was eighteen to like London, I'm like, oh, big thing. That's what I looked at Fort Francis. But yeah, I, I uh, like I excelled a lot when I was younger, more or less because I had like a lot of size, but I was skilled too. Like I could put the puck in the net, kind of thing. But yeah, like went from Rainy River right to Fort Francis, and then started my double A career from there, and kind of just yeah, and just kept jumping, kept off. jumping, just playing playing my style of hockey and things kind of worked out so even like growing up in rainy river and in fort francis what do you guys do for fun like maybe outside of hockey what is there to do like yeah. i'm sorry if that comes no off no it's not it's it's an honest question because like there isn't a whole lot to do oh, we'll take a time out yeah. what's up something to drink chance i'll take um can i get a glass of that sparkling wine that you're serving up front there absolutely i'll take your finest beer yeah dude <laughs> yeah thank you um, but yeah, so what did you guys do for fun and stuff? Like, I mean, I didn't honestly, it's a great question because I didn't start golf until COVID. So like actually growing up and stuff like in the summer, I mean, if you're not training, I guess for the next hockey season, there's not really a whole lot to do. If you don't golf in a way, you have to like find stuff to do. Me and my family like, camped a lot. So we'd go for the odd week and just go camp and chill nice. that way. But yeah, hell, I mean, you'd have to go on the lake. You have to go do like, you have to go. And I, we, we didn't really grow up big fishermen or big hunters which is kind of crazy because we live so northern but we uh we did a lot of camping and just like go on the lake with our family friends and stuff like that but realistically like you can't just go hit a golf simulator even though it's the middle of summer you can't just go do simple things that you'd go do in st catharines or toronto or yeah it's tough <laughs> so i mean i know you're older now but does St. Catharines feel like a big city to you? It does, honestly. Like being being so north, I didn't even know St. Catharines was a city. Like I, yeah. I knew, I feel like a lot of people kind of like St. Catharines is a hidden city in a way because it's right next to Niagara. But I, I had no clue. But yeah, to answer your question, like it's nice being like living in London was a big thing, but it, it was so yeah. big and I was so young where it almost didn't feel real. Where like now that I'm actually like living here and have a car and like all that stuff, it does feel like a little too surreal <laughs> yeah and and we will get into the london stuff for for the listeners get excited to hear about that it's always good to have a london guy but um even just back with rainy river and stuff i'm curious i have so many questions about this but in your class like in school how many people were in your class oh thank you thank you thank you the muskoka cream ale and the red wines from rose sparkle thank you nice thank you thank you uh yeah so cheers Tim. Cheers, bro thanks for having me on by the way yeah so yeah how many people were like in your in your class in school it's funny story. So I started my preschool in Rainy River and in my JK, like SK classes, we had maybe, I want to say roughly like 18, maybe 20 kids in our class. But it gets funny because my education throughout my years to from like JK to grade eight was all over the place from like Rainy River to Fort Francis. There was like a little town in between called Stratton and my mom worked there. And that was only 15 minutes away from Rainy River. But this was like such a small school, bro. I'm not even kidding. There was at one point in the school, 60, 63 kids, 63 kids in the whole school from JK to grade eight. Wow. And I went to this school for two years just because my mom worked there. And like, I kind of wanted to get out of the school I was in just, just whatever. It was a little easier to be in this school with 68 compared to 400 kids or whatever. But yeah, it was, there's only one school too, right? Like, it's not like you have other options. Like if you're going to high school in Rainy River, there's the one high school. And if you're going to high school in Fort Francis, there's the one high school. Yeah. Like, there's no options outside of what you got there, but yeah, literally classes. I've had classes as small as 10, classes okay. as big as like maybe 20-ish. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, I thought um, What about in Rainy River? 
if you're really sick or like, is there a hospital? Yeah, no, there's, okay. there's medical care there and stuff. It's not great. Like even in Fort Francis, which is only an hour away, like that's where they'll send you. If you're okay, like, yeah. if they don't have the equipment for any river, then you go to Fort Francis, but yeah, nothing's, everything's pretty scarce. Every <laughs> river as okay. far as. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating to me. To, to add to that too, there's, there's honestly, it just burnt down. There used to be one restaurant that was running. There's, I don't even think there's a restaurant that's like still like running. There's like little, there's like trucks, like little chip trucks and stuff, but there's not a lot going on as far as industries. It's really crazy to me, man. And so you, you moved, did you move to uh, Thunder Bay ever? Or did you like commute from Fort I, Francis? No. Or? So I, so when I was 15, when I was living in Fort Francis, so like I moved to Fort Francis when I was 10 years old and then played on my double A career. And I was going to go to Thunder Bay when I was 14, like move there to go billet and play like Thunder Bay Kings, like the AAA. Yeah. That's your only outlet, really. You could go play AAA in Kenora, which is like close to the Manitoba border. And you go play Kenora Thessals there, which is like kind of equivalent to Kings, but it's like really not. That's more if you want to go like Western route. But I was always like had my eyes on the OHL. So yeah. I was like looking the quickest route to like go where I wanted to be. So yeah, uh, like played my five years in Fort Francis. And then I was like 14. And I was like on the midst of going a year before my draft year. But I didn't want my parents to spend $35,000 on a year that I wasn't even going to get drafted on. And I knew if I went back home, mm-hmm. I was going to make the high school team. Yeah. My grade nine year. Like our, our high school program is always like the best out of like our little shitty area. So yeah. so. I was like, whatever, it's going to be a challenge for me to to actually make this team and like play with guys who are 18, 19 years old, and I'm only 14, 15. But I, I came back, decided not to play Thunder Bay that year. And then when I was 15, I was like, okay, I'm going to take off here. Because I knew that was – and my whole family told me, my uncles were like, Colt, because I was scared to go away. Like, it's not an easy step, right? Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure I sure. – Exactly. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I just got like a new girlfriend and stuff. So that was yeah. biting at my tail. <laughs> So I, I really just like, I was homesick. I remember when I did move to Thunder Bay and I was like, I remember I almost came home after two weeks. Like I was so done with it. I liked all the guys and stuff. I just couldn't do it. I was just like, yeah, I was so like, so much anxiety, all this stuff. Right. So I remember I called my dad. I'm like, I'm back in my bag. I'm coming home. Like, I really just, I can't do it. And he's like, bud, just give her a week. Like give her like seven days. He's like, call me after. And if you want to come home still, you can come home. And then obviously a lot of support from my coaches and stuff. But mm-hmm. ended up like making the right decision because I was I already had my bags back. But I'm happy I stayed because wow. that's what on uh, like really got me drafted to Gord London. Yeah. And all that. Well, like a lot of like we hear it from everyone we have on the podcast. Like, you know, typically guys move away at 16, call it to play junior, or whatever. And and you moved away a year younger than that. But even 16 as it is 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 young, and people just kind of forget that because like for myself, I moved away at, at 17 or almost 18 to go to school as most non-hockey players yeah. kind of do. And that's like, I'm, I'm ready at that age, but like three, four years younger than that, moving away from home, people kind of forget like your most kids aren't really ready yeah. to do that. And you had to in your situation. And so um, can you talk about the OHL draft for you? Like how, how it went? Like, did you, did you know you were going to be a pick? Like just all the OHL draft stuff. Yeah. So like after I did get drafted, I, I didn't end up like going, I, Went to London camp my 16-year-old year, right? And I did that's the year they won the Mem Cup with Marner and Dvorak and all those studs. Mm. So I, like, kind of knew going into it. Robert Thomas was a pick ahead of me. Evan Bouchard, like, Finn yeah. Evans, all these other guys. And I'm like, there's no way I'm making this team as a 16-year-old year. So I And you were a fifth-round pick, by yeah, the way, fifth, for those yeah. we haven't mentioned. A fifth-round pick to London. Yeah, so, yeah, so fifth-round pick. And 
ended up coming back home and playing junior because our like again our junior team was one of the better teams in like the whole area. We, this was this was a, the, the Fort Francis Lakers yeah, and the okay. SIJHL. And you guys won too. Yeah, right? we won that. Yeah. Year. Yeah. I had a good I had a good season. I I was rookie of the year. Point per game guy, right? Yeah, I was. I, I just under, I think, but I got okay. suspended the last two games against the worst team in the league. Oh, I probably would have got it. But wow. I, got I I remember actually my first game. This is a good good way to start my junior career. It was hilarious. So. Right before I went to London, uh, we had this junior game. Sorry, not this junior game, this exhibition game that we. It wasn't like a, against a team in our junior league. It was against a, a team in the uh, in the uh, MJ, like in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. It was the Steinback yeah. Pistons. And I was 16 years old. I remember I posted this on Twitter because I was so <laughs> it was so cringy. I think I still have it on there. But I nailed this guy at the end of the game. I didn't really get too many shifts, like just because the coach was feeling me out to start. Yeah. And I nail this guy chipping out of his zone. I crush him on on like the boards and I skate away like all cocky, slash me in the back of the legs. I turn around, I dropped him. I ended up like doing pretty well, like hit him a couple of times. Didn't really know what I was doing, just kind yeah. of instincts. Was that your first fight? That was my first fight. It turns out it was a 20 bomb. <laughs> a 20 year old loser that like everyone knew on our team, like just from whatever, playing junior hockey. And yeah. They all chirping the shit out of them on the way out and stuff. But, oh my God. So yeah. yeah. So then I, I went to London camp after that, didn't make it. Played my year. In Fort Francis, rookie of the year, like played well, fought like five times that season, like playing first line at like for the last half of the season. And we we won our we didn't do well like the Dudley Hewitt or any of that, yeah. but like we still made a little mark. But yeah, going into the draft, like I I like I don't know, I didn't know if London was really keeping up as far as like where I was playing because I wanted to get a junior card right in London mm-hmm. and I wanted to like be there. So because like Alex Formanton, right? Yeah. Like, he was the same draft as me, but he was eleventh round. He's my really good buddy too, but like I, I was just so like dumbfounded almost when I was like, oh, how's this guy like watching every single Mem Cup game? Like he was eleventh round pick, like didn't play this year kind of thing. And then I was like, oh, what? and then play with him the next season. I'm like, this kid's a fucking second round pick to the NHL. Like he's yeah. But I was just like, how the hell did they see that? Like kid, they draft a kid at five nine, and then one year later he's six foot two and oh, he's yeah. putting up thirty goals in his first year, but. Yeah, sorry. Give it that no, it's good. We, we love that here, man. Get back on topic. Uh, yeah, so I didn't know if they were really tracking how things were going in the port, but I knew, like, they would have had it here a little bit. We have video, too, which is kind of hard to believe. Yeah. And, yeah, did did it, did okay. Got rookie of the year, like, all that stuff. And I go to camp the next season, and I actually had a really good camp, like, worked really hard that summer, which is kind of hard to believe. But I, I, had, <laughs> I had a personal trainer. I didn't golf yet, so I was buzzing all summer. And, uh, yeah, I ended up just making the team. I made it as a fourth liner. I was kind of on the bubble, like, for the most of the season. I was I played 45 games, but I was just kind of trying to get my feet wet, even though it was my draft year, which was kind of a big season. But, like, yeah. it's tough walking onto that London night team, especially right after a Mem Cup year. And, like, you got guys like Max Jones and Olio Levy and Cliff Pooh and Victor Mette. Yeah. And you're just trying to, like – played with so many good that's guys. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, we like, had Max Jones on this podcast, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah, Jones is a funny guy. Yeah, he's awesome. buddies. It's some funny nights. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it was it was always – always fucking fun with those guys and the teams they were just like i mean each year you got more comfortable so i don't think i looked at like like i wasn't so star struck i guess as as more do went on obviously but going into that first year when i was 17 i was just like holy shit how the, i was literally just thinking how the hell did i make this team <laughs> like that's all it was but yeah. there was no, no grit really like on the team we got carbonara later but there wasn't yeah, like that guy's a lunatic. Yeah, he's crazy. <laughs> but he's the one that taught me like a lot about like fighting and grabbing and like how to actually position yeah. yourself to not get 
the shit kicked out of you. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was a little uh a little scary going in, but I got comfortable. Cliff was unbelievable to me and so many other like Victor was great too. And Dale Dale was the best because I he's the one that kind of put the confidence into me to like know that even if I'm not going out there and but not even care about putting up points. I never really did. But even if I am, well, you did. We'll get. We you did have a almost yeah. fifty point season almost. there, forty nine or something. So, but yeah, go keep going. Just just with Dale, yeah. he always just was like like my game. So I never like felt the pressure to feel like I had to put myself in a position to like get a turnover and they get scored on instead of me getting a point. He just yeah. wanted me to play my game, and that's why I feel like I stuck around for so long. And it's funny, like, I've heard it go both ways with Dale, and maybe it's just, like, if he likes it or if he doesn't. And I, like, I know someone on the team this year who ended up getting dealt, and he was a first-round pick, and, you know, maybe Dale and him didn't, didn't get off the right foot, but you you and him had a great relationship from what I understand. Yeah, right? and, like, he definitely had a couple of opportunities to, like, kind of shoo me out the door if he wanted to and he gave me the chances to like kind of I don't know I guess like he just gave me second chances which I probably didn't even deserve but he was he was more than great to me and I I don't know like I seen I seen first rounders like you're talking about like I'm not gonna name names of this one person yeah. in particular and he came in and he was like a I don't know I'm not gonna say what pick he was but anyways came in wasn't getting the ice time that he wanted I remember hearing him sit at the front of the bus, like right behind Dale, go on about like, oh, I'm talking to his agent. Like, oh, I'm not fucking, I'm not playing, <laughs> I'm not playing any minutes, blah, 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 going on. And like, I seen, I seen like Luke Evangelista, for example, like seeing him come in, keep his mouth shut, does a play a shift the first season at all. And then look at him now playing in the NHL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there, I don't know. He, he's not a very personable coach. Like he, he doesn't like really talk to you that much one-on-one where like you're going to get something out of them that you like you want to hear yeah. it's going to come from like the staff above them it's going to come from mark if mark i'm pretty sure mark's still there as our GM. yeah so it's going to come from mark like mark's the guy that steps down and kind of tells you how it is really oh yeah that's oh, kind yeah. of an interesting uh, it's a weird dynamic but yeah. it works if, if you take it the right way yeah as soon as you try to battle it oh it's it's game over not game over for you but like <laughs> you, you you have it rough you have yeah. to kind of just comply like that's the ohl for you too in a nutshell like I always said that to Billy Blasco. I go, and in that shell, I was like, we're kind of robots. I was like, we get paid two thirty-five every two weeks. What does that average out to? Eighteen dollars a day. <laughs> That's what it does. We did the math. There you go. Eighteen dollars a day. I was like, I mean, you, you do have a great life, right? They get the bills paid for and all that stuff. But like, yeah, going back to that Mark and Dale dynamic, it was, it was like interesting. And I've seen guys take it both ways, where like it benefits you, benefited me without me even really like realizing it. And yeah. I'm thankful for that. But like. There's guys that just get screwed just based off of being a cutthroat business. And like yeah. talking with Tyler Rolo and like yeah. on also on the Badgers with me and Rask here, like Rolo, we always said the same thing whenever anyone's like asking about like the management, like it's literally a business. Like yeah. when I, when I got the snip in my OA year, I didn't like, I kind of, kind of knew something was going on after I, I got like a six game suspension. Second oh. time I mentioned a suspension, but yeah, I got a six game suspension right before I got cut. But like, I, I didn't even have half the points I did the year before at that point. And it, being in my OA year when they're pushing to go through yeah. that cup, I'm like, oh, they got, they got guys they're bringing in. But it wasn't even like they, they didn't have a team for me. They didn't, they didn't really care to – like I felt like they did care to look for one, but it was so tight with all the teams. They all had their, their own ragers and all that. But yeah. I, was, I was sitting on 199 games. <laughs> that's, oh, what no finished, that's what I finished. That's what I finished my only wow. That's what I finished my hell of an only I know. I know. I also, I like to mention this that if I didn't get suspended for, I think, 
it was 22 to 24 games in total oh, for my three and a half years. Then I would have had like 100 or 220. Yeah, <laughs> but, but whatever. It's just and so they didn't find anything for there. And that's that's when I went to Caledonia and just kind of took the junior money and and then oh, yeah. met Bernie and met Husey and yeah. met all the guys. And you guys were all getting paid big. Oh my there, god, right? it was it was ridiculous. And like I feel bad for the guys on London because that was a COVID year, right? Yeah, and they were so hot in the playoffs. Like they were yeah, playing they were good Billy, Billy was still on there, so I was keeping yeah. it like I still was good friends with all the guys on the team, but like me and Billy were talking close and they were just like, we're buzzing. Like, I think we could actually win this whole thing. And then two days later, everything's toast. Yeah. Like, crazy. Yeah. man. So, I mean, well, and we'll, we'll get into it a, li- a little more too, but I'm curious, just going back about fighting and stuff. So, you know, you told the story of your first fight there, but when did you know, like fighting was going to have to be a part of your identity and a part of your well, game? I'd say, I'd say even before, like my, honestly, my grade nine year of uh, playing. No, honestly, my first year, honestly, when I could hit, <laughs> I, I'm trying to think back and like each year, I just remember like always being the aggressor. So you were always a tough guy. Always. Yeah. Like Bantam, Bantam first year, which was like the first, no, sorry, sorry. Peewee first year. I remember back in the day, like you could actually hit Peewees. I think it's now it's Bantams. But when I first started in Peewee, I was a bigger, stockier kid. I think I was about five, nine almost when I was, when I was about whenever Peewee first year is 12 years old. Yeah. But Oh, I was bad. Like I was hurting kids and like getting the head checks every single call, even though they weren't, they just had to call something. Yeah, he's bigger but, and tougher. And then progressing on, like once I got into like grade nine muskies and you get into those little like altercations, not even altercations, like little scraps and shit. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it against grade 12s and I'm like, holy fuck, I was like, I'm manhandling this kid. Yeah. Like, I remember one time at a Brandon tournament uh, when we were in uh, Manitoba, I literally, I nailed a guy and it was kind of like after a whistle kind of thing. I smoked him. Kid skated up to me, this huge fucker. I literally just picked them up and chucked them. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, why did I just do that? I got kicked out of the game. I was like, I didn't really matter at that point, but I was just like, I was like, I think I'm a little bit, just a little bit stronger than most people that I'm dealing with. Like, obviously, I meet my maker here and there, and I, I will get thrown around, but for the most part, like, I don't know. I'm usually not scared of anyone. Just things don't go my way. But <laughs> you're definitely not scared of anyone. No, no. Man, I mean, you you have a lot of fans here because, including me, like wa- watching you play is so entertaining. With, I mean, there's a couple clips I'd send them to you and stuff. You're just wrecking people um, in this league, and and you know it's not junior anymore. There's men yeah. in this league, big guys playing pro. Um, like I mean, going on to play pro and stuff, and and you had a couple big ones this year, so. Yeah. Um, including remember that one on OG, oh, oh yeah, against U of T and Open Ice just rocked him, and um, just a couple of good memories of hits. But even uh, sticking with the London stuff, so uh, what was life like? No, no need to go too much in detail, but life like off the ice as a member of the London Knights. It was it was sweet. Like I think people make it out to be like a lot like bigger and fancier like than it actually is. Like, I think people think, like, the nightlife is unbelievable and you're going VIP everywhere you go. Like, people don't understand that, like, a lot of these junior players are barely old enough to go to the bar, right? You only yeah. got 19 and 20-year-olds. And if you're lucky, excuse me, if you're lucky, your 17 and 18-year-olds are getting in. Yeah. But I'm not even really talking as far as a bar. Like, we we had a, a sick uh, sponsorship with Fire Rock, and it was this nasty golf course, like, sick golf course. I hate that I didn't golf yet. Yeah. So we would always go hit that on, like, our off days kind of thing. But, like, the life in general, like, the big city, the traffic thing kind of sucked because everyone's disperted a little bit. The like traffic's through. tough there. It is. It's shit. Down, People down, drive, down, like, all idiots. The ways and stuff. Yeah, they all drive, like, stupid idiots. Yeah. Like, I hate it. But, I mean, if you're not driving, you don't got to worry. You just get picked up and go on your phone, <laughs> yeah. which was me for a couple of years. And I was like, screw this. I got to get my 
car, but yeah. it was it was good. Like you go downtown and like we had our spots, right? It's tough with the OHL, and I'm sure a lot of OHL guys would say this too. Like you can't even go out on a Saturday because your weekends go from you're yeah. playing Friday, Saturday, or you're playing Friday, Sunday, or you're playing Saturday, Sunday, or you're playing all or three. you're playing all three and three. Yeah. Like you get screwed to go out. I mean, the nights that you can get out, it's worth it. But like you in London, we would just go hit up like a Molly Blooms and go sing karaoke with 15 dumbasses and just yeah. go, go get drunk and have a good time and celebrate the weekend and yeah. happy that we're done in a way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so how about, like, how how long did it take you in the OHL to get the reputation of a tough guy? Like, that you're, you know, you'll fight anyone. Like, when when did you start getting that respect, uh, I guess, in the league? Uh, I'd probably say, like, my 18-year-old year. Like, my 17-year-old year when I had that, like, knockout, I think. Like, it wasn't against it was against Tyler Nether. I don't think like he was looked at as a big tough guy in the league, but being that nobody kind of knew who I was and like the style of my play, I think they started to see like oh this kid's vicious. Not yeah, you're was... not end his career. Or something. Yeah, that like yeah, that's my. I'm pretty like certain it's a speculation because I'm pretty sure that was either like fourth or fifth concussion that he had, oh, and, which was not good. I feel bad oh, for the kid. Yeah, it's it was terrible, but I'm pretty sure like that. Yeah, like that might have like kind of sealed the hatch for him. I would have, if I had four concussions too, I wouldn't want to continue to sport yeah. either. But yeah, I kind of, kind of did it. But after that, like I, I had two other fights because you're only around allowed three fights, right? So it's kind of tough to actually be a tough guy when you're allowed three fights. So yeah. I think after that year, guys seen my style of play and knew like I was a nuisance kind of thing. Yeah. They didn't really look at me as like a tough guy because I didn't really fight anybody worthy to be called a tough guy. And then when I got in my 18 year old year, when I fought uh, Giovanni, like I fought, I fought. Uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, what was the coach of Barry's? Why can't I think of his name? Uh, Howard Chuck? Yeah, like his yeah. son. I remember I fought ben his son. And, but like, he wasn't no big kid either. Like He was just an yeah. average size hockey, but he was a little prick too. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. me. So I remember we got into it and I was like, that doesn't make me be a tough guy. But when I fought, I think when I fought Giovanni. Did and I, Javon, Smith? Smith? Yeah, yeah, I fought Giovanni. Giovanni Smith, top, top yeah. customer. Big boy. Big yeah. boy. It's scary too because we played him. Uh, there's a little backstory of that fight. This one, uh, this one always like kind of gives me shivers because I was terrified. Like, I hope he's not listening either. I don't want to give him the, I don't want to give him the props because I did, <laughs> I did well, I did well. But yeah, it was we. He, so we just got traded, right? Just got traded to Kitchener, and our next month, I think it was our next month and a half, we played Kitchener like eight times. Don't know why the schedule just lined up that way. They're in our conference, right? So yeah, played them eight times through like a month and a half. Might have been like six times, but regardless. I remember like our first game i don't even know i think i think i hit him when he was on guelph that same season like i hit him in the bud he caught a sewer pass i smoked him and he like got up didn't do anything i'm like oh sick so i skate away change and then fast forward time a couple months later he's on kitchener and then i see him again and then he he actually cole sherwood who used to play online with me who was yeah. then on kitchener he DM'd me before the game. He goes, hey, G wants it. And I'm like, no way. So, like, you know when you're on the bus? He's staging one. Yeah, he's staging yeah. He, like, Cole did that with another fleet. I can't believe he did that with me. But he, he, snapped, he, he DMs me on Instagram. Cole's broker and Yeah, he goes, G wants it. So, I'm like, oh, boys. And I show all the boys. I'm like, should I play G tonight? Like, it's kind of a big fight. Like, I can't just go in this, like, blind and confident. Yeah. Like, I should probably, like, think about this a little bit. Yeah, yeah we played them six more times. So, I didn't do with that game. Second game, we we go along, nothing, whatever. And then third, are you guys like chirping at each other? Yeah, we we are. But that's where it gets good. Is the third game, we're at the bun, and I'm right on the red line, stretching, being a dick, just looking over. Like they have sick players. Got Aiden Brown, Maskerin. Like they got they they loaded up. Yeah, we were doing really well against those first three games. I think we were one and two, and like all three 
way expected closer games than they thought. And uh, we, I'm sitting there on the red line. I'm looking over at him, and he comes by. And he goes, "Hey, you want it tonight? Sure. Just let me know." And he skates, skates all the way around, comes back to the red line, and he goes. He didn't really like play that well over the three games we played. And he looks yeah. and he goes, ah, he's like, I should probably get a point first. He's like, Detroit, something about Detroit. And I was yeah. like, all right. I was like, sure. I was like, just fucking let me know. Just let me know. Yeah. Had a shake. He's like, let me know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then whatever, he skates away. The best part, this isn't, this, this was when I fought him. I think it was like, we still played him two times after this when I fought him. I knew it was coming to like three games. Just really going to bed at night. Like, oh, is this the game I'm going to fight? Like, is this <laughs> game I'm going to fight him? <laughs> yeah. So the third game, whenever he hits me, he goes, oh, I got to get a point first. So be it. This guy gets a breakaway pass. First first shift. Goes down and absolutely undresses him. Scores. Um, he skates by our bench. And I go, so now, now, G doesn't really hear me. Whatever. Yeah. Skates away. And then two shifts go by. And we weren't matched up against each other. I was matched up against, like, Maskrin's line. And he was on the second line. And I see him look at Maskrin. And, like, because the benches are right here, right? Yeah. <laughs> I see I see Maskrin and G do a little swap. And I'm like, Dale. I, like, I knew Dale would let me go if because I saved up my fights and Dale would grant me my fight if I wanted, if I needed to hop on. Yeah. So I seen G go and I like, we kind of gave each other a little nod and jumped on the ice and seen the offside. Like it was an offside circle. We were going to skate to the draw. And then I see Woody and I was like, does he want it? Thinking I have to ask him because he set up. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> going through the, the messenger. And then I see G right after, like I go like this. He's like, you want it? And then I see G. I'm like, yeah. And then this is like when they're going to set up to go drop, right? So we just go. Oh man, it was a good fight. Like, I'm pretty sure they took all my fights off a hockey fight, so I don't even know if you can go see it. (laughs) I want to find this. I have it. I have it on my phone, but like, it's it's a it's a solid fight. We he kind of like grabbed him. He kind of like fell over on the first grab. Like, I don't know, just lost his footing, and I tried to go in a little bit, didn't really connect. But he like fell over again. But I don't know why he kept falling over. I looked good while he kept falling over, but and then I came under with like. One or two, but it wasn't anything. Did, so did you win that fight? I don't know. Like the, the announcers definitely made it sound like I did. I I will admit that I did seatbelt at the end. Like I did give him a big old hug and kind of just went with the fall. But yeah. at that point, man, like I didn't have anything left. I was just yeah. happy that I got my somewhat of licks in. I knew I didn't really hit him, but in, in a fan's perspective, I might have won the fight. There you go. You're gonna have to send me that video. We I will. Make I will. A clip and, and get that one out there. But yeah, I'm down. I'm down. That's uh, I had to save all my throw my voice out here because they just keep taking them down. There actually yeah. was a sick video when I knocked out another of a fan who videoed YouTube, like on YouTube, he posted it. And it was the funniest reaction because it was in Windsor, right? So it was a, it was a reaction. But yeah. this guy's like, get him, kick his ass, kick his ass. And then I hit, I hit him with the knockout punch. And they just go, oh. <laughs> but it was like hundreds of them around. I'm like, oh. It was the best video ever. And they, he took it down too. Oh, man. I, I might have seen that video because I remember. So I remember before I even like met you, I guess. Well, no, like early in like last season, like the year before this year, I guess, when we were just getting to know each other, someone on the team, I can't remember, like it might have been Bracker, was just like, yeah, this Timken guy is like the toughest guy in the O. Like he ended someone's career. Like, <laughs> I was like, really, Timber? Like he's so nice. Like, I don't know how I didn't know this, right? Like, and uh, he's like, look at this video. And he shows me the video, probably the one you're talking yeah. about, and you knocked out another. And yeah, I was like, oh, this guy's an absolute weapon. Like, like pretty scary. It's a pretty scary video. <laughs> yeah, but, and, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, oh, like, it's, it's crazy, like the persona you can get in that league, though, because, like, you could, you could literally not fight for three years if you wanted. And the, like, the amount of t- tough guys, so on, so that, like, 
are considered to be fighters and all that stuff. Like you don't, you don't even have to be tough in the OHL anymore to be tough. You just have to yeah. walk around like you're tough and like go into scrums and be like, yeah, like be like the biggest, <laughs> biggest guy. That's all you gotta do is have almost fake confidence. Like I, I'll back it up if it really gets down to it, but half the time you go in and you just pretend like you're the guy and usually everyone will believe that you're the guy. Yeah. Like I remember going to do a scrum with the keel toss one time and I didn't, it wasn't even like going into a scrum. I was just like kind of going to help somebody out and he was going to grab me. He's like, Oh, I don't want nothing to do with you. Big guy. I'm like, I, where the hell did you even get this from? I like you Akil. Like I like you. I'm not going to like, I just don't know where they get this big, like I get it. But like, if you've seen it, proud actually was. Oh, I think it's awesome, man. So even I, I want to talk about the Dallas Stars camp. So you, you got invited to the, to the Stars camp, and can you just talk about that and how it was for you? And even just like going to an NHL camp as a guy from Rainy River, like all that. Yeah, no, it was almost like unbelievable. I didn't really expect it whatsoever, just based on the season, right? Was this the year you had the fifty? No, year? not even close. Really? Like, I didn't get nothing after that, bro. That's what I'm saying. Oh. This is where it gets weird as hell. So after my first season, right, where my rookie season, I was so uncomfortable, had eight points, 45 games played. I had like, I don't know, like 90 penalty minutes. So I was just being a dickhead. Yeah. But I didn't have really any talks with any NHL team going into it. And I actually had my S trip booked. S trip booked with my old high school. I was so pumped to go to Cuba. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Sick. Like I had no plans this summer. And then I get a call from my dad. Like, hey, buddy, your agent just called. Like, you're, you're going to go to Dallas. Like, you got an invite to their, uh, like, to their camp. And I'm like, oh, sick. I'm sick. Like, when is it? It's during S trip. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I was pumped though. Like, I was still like, yeah. I just didn't even feel real. I'm like, I didn't even feel like worthy. I guess in a way, because yeah. like, like, I'm sure the guys that I'm going with are like disgusting and nasty, and like, I just didn't think that highly of myself after the season I had because I knew I was capable of more. I just wasn't where I needed to be. But yeah, so going going to the camp, like, I oh, the summer was like hard because I remember I was like, <laughs> I was trying to. I remember I was trying to quit smoking weed and I was having like a tough time and like I was just like I knew what was in front of me and all that stuff and I was just like oh shit like I really got to bear down and I did I went to like the summer camp in Minnesota went away for a week like it was like no phones all this stuff and I'm like I'm going to Dallas Stars camp like what the hell but when I went there it was unbelievable like I remember Jason Robertson like he was in my draft year and like we kind of gravitated towards each other because like the OHL guys kind of thing right like you know each other yeah and he was only a second round pick, right? And I was like, who is this like kind of not not chubby kid, but like who is this like long haired, like I don't know, it doesn't look very athletic kid. Yeah. Second round pick. Like, I knew who he was. I was just like, this kid's good at all. He like he's a pillow. And you look at him, and you look at him now and he's breaking records. One of the best the players in the entire NHL, like, yeah, which is crazy. It's, it's insane. Yeah. I just broke the stars record, like hundred point he's, guy. Like it's nuts. He's good. He's a good buddy with Bernie. Not good buddies with Bernie. Bernie also. Yeah, I mean they played in Kingston together yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But like yeah, you show up there and it's just, I don't know. It's Dallas, Texas too, right? You're in the hottest place in the world. And we, I remember we got to go to, we got to go to a uh, top golf. And I swear to God, they gave us this uh, membership that was like lifetime to top golf. I swear it was like some top golf. I don't know. I swear it said lifetime. You lost. I lost. It, oh my God. Tim. I lost it like a month, but I didn't even golf yet. So I didn't care. Yeah. But, now yourself yeah, sure. but like the hotels we stayed at, cause I, I wish I could, because I went to Traverse City, right? Like, you know, Traverse, yeah. like that little mini camp tournament. tournament. So they took me there. I don't know what had them think that I was good enough for main camp. So you played games, sorry, in that tournament? Yeah, I played all Traverse City. And I got scratched the first game. I didn't fight. I should have fought. 
because Sean Allen was there, and I always wanted yeah. to fight Sean Allen. He was one of those guys too that was like bigger than me and shit. Where I like, yeah, kind of second thought. I wasn't that. Like, I wasn't not he's against still fighting. fighting he is he's in the coast, freak man. in the coast, yeah. freak. Like that was always one... posts every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm like me and him. I'm like, we're we're friends on Snapchat and shit. Like, I, yeah. He actually asked me uh, when it was COVID here, Brock, if I would like come, and I'm like, yeah. Because he, I asked him, I was like, did you just like, how'd you get there? And he's like, I just asked. He was like, I don't even have an agent. I just kind of reached out yeah. and I said, sure. He, he listens to this, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's yeah. a great guy. I like Sean a lot. He had, yeah. yeah, he was a scary fucker. And the OHL, oh, yeah. like, guys looked at him and like, but he had some like big boy fights. I didn't have any big boy fights like that. Like, Dude, those are, yeah, like, I know, but he had like some six four. Like, I remember, I'm pretty sure he fought Douglas uh, oh, yeah. here. And I was like, a, I'm pretty sure he did. When Douglas was younger, but he had some scary fights. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like getting back to Dallas, like the hotels were unbelievable. Funny, funny little side story. Me being a little shit, <laughs> I was seventeen, like seventeen, right, going to Dallas, and we were at this sick hotel. This was while we were at Main Cow. One of the last days there, we're sitting by the pool at the hotel, and I was like, I had a fake ID. Cause like I said, like I lived on the border back home, and when I played my sixteen-year-old year, I got this fake that said I was from Ohio, said I was twenty-three years old. Oh man! So that's a stretch. So I don't know what seventeen-year-old would go to a gas station and think it's okay while you're at a hockey camp with, with an NHL team. I go to this gas station and buy a case of natural light, natty lights, <laughs> bring it over because we had the day off the next day too, right? Yeah. But I remember I brought it over, and it was like Zach Roberts, like you know Zach Roberts yeah. plays on both. He was at camp too with me and J Rob and uh Shaw Boomhauer. He's in the coast now too. Yeah. But all four of us always were together and we can't grab these beers. I'm like, come on, boys, dig in. Like, let's have a couple beers. Like, I can't believe I just got it, got it with this fake. Not one of those guys had a beer with me. Yeah. <laughs> sitting there we're watching South Park. I'm just guzzling these. <laughs> I can't believe you, Timmer. I know, but like I, I also took it, took it as like in Dallas, <laughs> and if I do get my card denied, who the hell cares? I'm just gonna, like, I'm not going to jail. I'm just gonna snip my yeah, fake. Yeah. And then if I do get it, I'm in Dallas with the stars, and I got beer, and I'm 17. You're an old time hockey player, man. You should have lived like 20 I years ago in the NHL. I grew up in the not even grew up in the 90s, but played hockey throughout my 90s. I'd be in the NHL, maybe not now, yeah. but throughout like I could have been a Brandon Prust. I'm telling yeah. you, Brandon Prust skated with us in London. He was, I love press. Yeah, not gonna, I'm not going to talk bad about him, but like I remember he brought me and Billy out to center ice one time at the start of uh, my 19 year old season, and he was like trying to be like our whatever player coach kind of thing, and we dropped the gloves just for shits. Like we didn't really punch; we just kind of got to grab each other. And when I grabbed him, I gave him a shrug forward, and he literally his feet went underneath him. I was like right on top. He's like, "Oh, he's like, you're a pretty strong kid," right? and I'm like, "Hello." did you make it as a tough guy in the NHL? Like, I get it. Like, he was a really strategical fighter and, like, knew what he was doing and shit. But I was just like, if I, I swear, if I was Presky's age and grew up in the same era and had the same chances, and I would have been, like, a taller Andrew Shaw kind of thing. Yeah. I could, I could get some skill, too, if I had some confidence. And who knows? And, like, if I had the right people in front of me and, like, made some better decisions, probably would work out better. But you know what I mean? Like, I just think if – even even if I rewinded three years – before I actually started in the OHL when there was a 10 fight rule, I think I would have like fought my way to yeah. at least make my way to get the, to the A, a, yeah. the a and then whatever. Go for it. If I make an AHL career, be sick. That'd be nasty. Yeah. I mean, that's still a goal. Hopefully. Well, I was going to say, like, you're, you talk about having no skill, all this yeah. stuff, but at the end of the day, you're coming off an unbelievable season. And keep in mind, you're, you're a 50 point guy one year in the O, like, and now you're playing on the, on the top line with Jacob Roach, OUA MVP. Um, your career is very much on the upswing and 
in the form of like not a, I don't want to say necessarily a skill guy, but you're getting points. Like you're you're an offensive contributor and you're top. Like you're a power forward. So what do you think of your game now? Like where it's heading and, and just like talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I I I want to like end up like I feel like I get a lot of chances where I could end up scoring more than I should like more than I'm not in a way like coming in on two on ones and like overthinking. I'm always thinking like I'm a pass first guy when I do get offensive situations. Or if I just shoot the puck, you see puck go in more more not than you make in the pass. But I don't know. I I I do know I have the skill and stuff, but I consistency was kind of tough for me this season as far as like I'd have a really good game and then I would have a very like average or below average kind of game. But I do I do know like I have the skill and like I can make the plays and see it. It's just a matter of me actually knowing I can do it. And mm-hmm. like not like sometimes I do get too into like the physical aspect and you can see where I chirp and chirp and chirp and I don't shut up and it takes away from me actually playing the game. But yeah, I don't know. In the end, like I, I, that's why, that's not why I play the game is to chirp and be like that. But that, that is a big part, not a big part, but like well, that's, that's that, feed, that feeds into my role. That's, yeah, exactly. That feeds into like why I started playing hockey because I like to be like, yeah. not the tough guy but I like to be like an aggressor and like win for my team and like be the guy that's so like you piss na- people off yeah. and you want them to draw a penalty and exactly. there, there is a role for that exactly it's just tough in the CIS you can't really do yeah. it like it's it's very like it's a very very unique skill in this league that you have to have and like I don't I haven't mastered it by any means I've drew a couple penalties where I'm like yeah there we go but then I've took some stupid ones around like or just even by chirping and shit right like I remember that Ryerson game on the road this year where we kind of like lost our heads as oh, a team. Yeah. It wasn't just you, I, but I mean, it no, was, I did too. I you, scored two goals and I was like, I, I there was stop. a lot. It was, that was like the heaviest chirping game. I yeah, remember, that was like, bad. <laughs> that was like the first one that TJ saw too, where he was like, holy shit, this team is psycho. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't help like the years that we had before too, where we didn't have anyone telling us to shut the hell up, right? Like, you know, like we just kind of did what we wanted and went from there yeah but i mean so next year for you you know you're shaping up a, a as a leader a top line player on the badgers like as you get into your third year playing on this team and um you know potential pro opportunities after that so like how do you prepare like what's your mindset honestly like going into next year like how do you feel going into next year i feel i feel comfortable i'm really excited with like our leadership group and all that and i'm oh. I I'm I'm gonna be more comfortable. Like I was really comfortable last year too, but I I really like our our new leadership group and the new guys that we're, we're gonna have coming in and stuff. But like I I don't know. I just feel I feel a lot more like comfortable knowing that like I'm really gonna have like a I don't I gotta earn it obviously right. And hopefully yeah. TJ trusts me enough to to play the minutes that he's gonna give me. But I don't know. I'm gonna work hard this summer and hopefully put it put myself in a good position to play some top minutes and contribute because I want to have a season that like I have two more years that I'm eligible for and I do I do want to play two but if this season goes well enough where I think like I could go to Europe the next season I I think I might try to play like a half season and then see if I go to the coast and then go to Europe kind of thing Mm -hmm. but that all depends on what Europe teams are looking at me right it's not easy being an import yeah and playing the best you can, right? Like, guys play full five seasons. Like, Sapula, he just went across and he played five really good seasons. Yeah. And now he's like, he's doing really well and stuff. But, like, yeah, it's not easy for for everyone just to go and do that. Yeah. And get some hookups and hopefully it all works out. But, no, no, I'm excited for the position I'm coming into. And 
And I think our team's gonna have like a really good, really good season. Yeah, we're looking good. And and we talked about Rochi a couple times, friend of the show and friend of Ethan Cardwell, my co-host, obviously. Roommate too. Your roommate and OUA MVP last year. You're playing on his line. What's Rochi mean to you? He's a beauty. Like it was it was it, it was it was a little tough, I guess. I would say, like, uh, I guess the start of like the original season. When he first came in, because like him and Bernie were like getting the last two spots right, and I kind of got snubbed, not snubbed out. I just kind of the way it worked. I didn't come in the best shape, and I, I great guy, love him. He's funny as hell, and <laughs> we get along well, and we're we're really good buddies. And it's cool to see him progress and like go into that leadership kind of role and mm-hmm. see him see him do well. And credit to him for the season he had; it was unbelievable. But I would honestly, it was when when me him and Bernie did play together, and we were playing really well. The Lantman line. The Lantman line. It was honestly, it was just like playing with formal in a way. Because when uh, I was in London my second year, when we traded away Max Jones and all those guys, right, we did a rebuild. And it was me, Tyler, when Rolo came for his one season in London, it was me, Rolo, and Formal. And it was all like, Roshi's a centerman, right? And Formal, Formal was a winger and Rolo was center, but Formal was pretty much playing center because he was slashing across so much. Yeah. And honestly, that's all you really had to do with Rochi. Oh, I love it. Love one more. Yeah. Thank you so much. Fresh one. I'm okay for me just because I got to drive. Absolutely. I got my picking me up. There you go. You (laughs) planned ahead. Oh, yeah. She always picking me up. Yeah. But yeah, like, I don't know. Roachy's just easy to play because he's smart. Sometimes he's hard to predict because he's so good that you don't know if he's going to hold on to the puck. And it's just like Bernie, too. Like, you want to go help him in the corner, but like, you don't know if he's going to come out with the puck and you're going to like leave a good position you're in. But they're they're two really good players to feed off of, and if you're all on the same page, then it's only you're only gonna get success from there. Yeah, for sure. And so, I mean, we'll kind of wrap it up with a, a couple personality questions. If you haven't gotten to know Timmer yet, maybe you'll get to know him a little little better here, and then we can kind of get get going. But um, we talked so much about London. If you were stranded on an island for a month with three other members of the London Knights who you played with, who would you want them to be, and why? Uh, Bill Bill, Billy Moskal, because Billy uh, Billy would know how to survive. Billy's one of the smartest guys in the world, I'm telling you. And he, he goes to U of T. He's, he's, he just did an economics uh, exam. He's got a financing exam tomorrow. He's got a stats exam. Not even just that, just wilderness. Billy, for sure. He's one of my best. Well, buddies. he's a northern boy, too. He, he is. He's Sudbury, yeah. Sudbury. So he knows how to yeah. live. Uh, I'd say Coisey, <laughs> Jordan Coy. Oh, yeah. Goalie. Really good buddy to this day, too, just because. That's who me and Billy would gang up with. <laughs> and Coisy takes in the right way. So is he and, still playing? Yeah, Coisy. Coisy was in uh he's in Saskatchewan, like University of Saskatchewan. Oh, okay. He was when Babcock was there, that's how he initially went because oh. Babcock and Mark Hunter were talking a lot when we were all playing. I think that's kind of how he got his connection. And then Babcock left. But Coisy just because it's Coisy. Well, and, I remember with Coy, sorry like um to cut you off, but when I was I that year, I guess he was on London. I was I was working for Barry uh, with the Colts and we had the the Canada Russia game was in London and he was in net and he played that night I guess and then or no no he just gotten traded the day before out of London and then he came back to London to play in yeah, that in yeah. that game and it, and and I think Dale was the coach it was just funny like they just dealt this guy and he just comes right back and he's in net because they already named the team before yeah. like, so it was funny. I just remember that storyline. Cutthroat, cutthroat business. Yeah, it's crazy business. how it happens. But yeah, go go ahead. So yeah, Coyze just for that. And then probably, I'd say Cliff, yeah. just because Cliff and yeah. make everything somewhat entertaining and 
I don't know. We'll probably have some fun on it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you love that guy, Cliff Booth, for those who don't know who was, what, second round pick? Yeah, he was 69th. 69th overall. Buffalo, was Yeah. It? Out of this crazy draft, too. Like a pretty sick yeah. 90, 98 draft. And too. now he's in the KHL. Yeah. And he got... was buzzing around at all of our games last he was. year. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah. But yeah, he had a little kind of like, didn't, just didn't really, didn't really get along with a lot of the coaches he had throughout his career and stuff. Yeah. But I mean, he's still. Doing pretty damn well in the KHL, so yeah. it's not a bad. Is he thing. making good money? There? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think he said he was making like five hundred. Oh yeah. yeah. Pretty stupid. I yeah. mean, you go from being a second round pick in the NHL to the KHL. Oh, yeah. and he got played a couple years in the A. Yeah, right? yeah. He played like a bit amount in the A's with Cleveland for a good bit. He played with uh, William Lahad too. That played in Niagara. Yeah. Willie's a good. Willie's a good buddy too. We actually, I actually almost golfed with him today, but I told him. Oh, is he buzzing around here? Yeah, Will's. I don't. I'm pretty sure Will quit. Like hockey, yeah, he's not sure. playing. Yeah, I, I think he's just doing. I don't even know if he's doing school or if he's just working uh, yeah. now. But well, I remember he, we had played it like in his OA year. He wanted to go to London, yeah, and so he was like, "No, I'm not reporting. I'm going to play for Western University yeah, so that he can get his trade." And I remember we played his one OUA game, and like it was Brock. We went there. Was he a freak? Uh, he was pretty average. That was, game. Did he like try to nail anyone? Or anything? I, I no. think he was just like whatever. I don't oh, think he really, was either that bad. Yeah, and then the next day he's signing with London or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah, I remember he did. Like, I played with him for a season. I actually fought him for – that was actually one of the – like, that was kind of a big fight I had, too, in my yeah. London nights, too, was when he was on Niagara. But, yeah, we fought. And then – I don't know if it was the same season or the next season. Then he came. I was like, oh, Willie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, moving on. Um... I'll never admit that I beat him, though. <laughs> I did. I swear I beat him. I told him. I was, like, I was like, I was up here, and I was hitting you. I was like, if you were down here, hit me in the chest. But he'll never admit it. Uh-huh. Um, so this is a kind of a staple sort of that we've been asking our guests lately but how do you eat a cupcake i go top first i honestly don't even really eat the bottom i mean i will go if it depends on the mood i'm in i'll, I'll go straight but like usually i'll just rip that top off i'll eat the top but you just chuck the bottom I, dude, I get so bad of heartburn that oh, like, yeah. i don't even eat cupcakes and if i do and i eat the top it's terrible but like the heartburn's terrible cupcakes good but yeah, top, top first for sure. Okay. Uh, how would your teammates describe you? <laughs> I'd say the one word, but I probably shouldn't. Uh, half of them would probably say an idiot. <laughs> um, uh, the other half, I don't even know what they would say, honestly. How would you describe your ass? You know what? So, like, I'll, I'll give you some credit here. And and don't get me wrong, idiot comes to mind. Yeah, but sure. you've grown, like, and matured a lot. Like in the two years that I've gotten to know you now, and you know you've become a leader on our team, and uh, you know for one, I would I would I would say leader. Um, you like to keep things light, like you're a big keep it light guy, yeah, joking true. around the room. Um, so I think you bring that element, and then I think guys would just describe you as like funny, maybe a little crazy, like outgoing. I'd say definitely yeah. outgoing, loud. Um, yeah, sure. So uh, yeah, man. I mean, I. I, I'd say that's how I would describe you. Yeah, I think outgoing is always how, like, people kind of put me out to be. And, like, I like to be outgoing, but I, I don't like to be, like, so stern about things and, like, take everything so, like, aggressive if we're losing and, like, snap on guys. Like, it's so yeah. it's so useless to just snap on a guy for a play he obviously didn't mean to make or, like, you do something stupid in the room. Like, just chirp him. You know, you gotta actually get mad at the guy. Like, yeah. You know, I just hate when guys actually think, like, I just hate any confrontation. Really. I'm not a very confrontational person. Says the fighter. I know. But like, that's how it is for most guys. Like they, they're, they're so confrontational on the ice because it just stays on the ice. And then you see him after the game and you can go talk. 
where he'll, he'll spew some shit and you're fine. But like even Gruel, like you know Daylon Gruel, yeah, played against him on a one sound, and he's good buddies with Justin Kyle, who's on our team, and he's been at our last like five parties, and every single party he comes up with Gruel spew into each other he's like ah you remember when you fucking hated me want to chop my head off like, yeah, look yeah. at us now i'll give you a big dab i'm like <laughs> thank you thank you thank you beautiful i love your brother yeah <laughs> yeah he's uh he, he's a good guy he was a tough guy and uh we'll see we'll see what happens with him i don't want to speak too much here we both kind of know but he might be good yeah <laughs> we don't need to say it on the podcast but he would never fight me either. Oh, he would never fight me. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the size advantage on him. Right? Yeah. Grills, yeah. Grills, yeah, like I wouldn't like want to fight, but I fought way less tougher guys than him. But, but he was like, like one of those just scary tough guys. Where, yeah, like, I think he would just see red and not control yeah, it. Yeah, and you could see it in his eyes yeah. too. He has that missing tooth. He's snarling. Yeah, he, he just w- wouldn't care. Like he'll he'll just he wants to kill you. Yeah, right? and he and he would attempt to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Would, that's interesting, man. Um. If you couldn't be a hockey player, any athlete at all, no golf, no anything, what would you want to do? Oh, I'm actually really like curious about this. Um, great question. Yeah, I would say golf. <laughs> I know. I, that's why I um, said no golf. Either. Like, and I, and I kind of figured you might not have an answer. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's really outside of sports. I would love to like coach in a way, but I don't know. Like, I would like to coach high level hockey, but I also like, believe it or not, I feel like I am really good with kids. <laughs> And like I always kind of have been, just like with the spirit I kind of have, just trying to be fun. Yeah, and like, yeah like a big kid. Yeah, I've seen you with kids. Yeah, like, when we had those kids in Windsor uh, warm up with us and yeah. stuff. Like I saw you. Yeah, and you were rolling around the floor. Like <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like I, I like kids and stuff. So I think if I did something, even in like physical education, even though like I'm, I mean that wouldn't be a bad career either. But I just I I don't I don't honestly don't know what I would want to do. But I think if it was involved with something with like I don't know. Something physical, obviously, like as far as like maybe like a, I don't know, gym teacher or something like that. Yeah. Or like even like a hockey instructor. But like I would like to coach high level hockey too, I guess, in a way. But yeah, I don't know, some sort of coaching, I'd say, just to, or, or even I actually do really like, I think like sales too. I, I worked at a shop. I won't say what specific shop in a store, but I was one of the best sales reps yeah. in the store. And like I just very personal. Like I'm not, I wouldn't like overstep my boundary being like a retail guy I just i don't know i just like selling stuff too because it feels yeah. like a little accomplishment if you complete sale you can be a good sales i feel like yeah. you can get into insurance or something to make yeah, honestly i think honestly yeah. my dream job would be outside would be like a real estate agent oh yeah just to like be in that vibe and showing off sick houses yeah. and being like good personable yeah. guy yeah keep I, all your teeth then so yeah you know, i've been good but chewing though like I've, i think i can't <laughs> believe I've got, I've got this one chipped before but like like this way, not like this way. Okay. So it's like, I don't know, odd. I chipped on a hash brown though. It wasn't even in hockey. Oh, did it? Did it, did it at Masterson when I was living with Bernie and Hughesy and Roach? Really? Yeah. And then I got it. I got it fixed through Brock. But okay. Like, How the hell do I? We had a lot of like chipped and knocked out teeth this year. I know. Like, Mitzi too. Like yeah, shit show with injuries. Yeah. I mean, anyway, Timmer, this, this was awesome. This was a great interview. I'm really excited we got this one out there. I think the listeners are going to love it. Hell yeah, it was a long time coming. Yeah, I definitely want to do it. So, yeah, thanks for doing this. And, yeah, yeah appreciate it. All right, I want to thank Cole Timken for that. Super cool to get to do that one with him and in the style we did. Um, yeah, just really happy to, to get that one out there. But some golf stuff. First of all, I mean – before the interview, we were talking a bit about the Florida Panthers. Brooks Kepka shows up at the Panthers game with his trophy, drinking with Brady Kachuk, and 
in the Panthers jersey. But what do you think of the the weekend in the golf world? The, the guy's awesome, man. Like, obviously, he, he was coming into form for a while there, big showing at the Masters, and then obviously – um he also won on live before that and he's had some tough finishes so to kind of see him take the world by storm again and get back in the public eye is like okay this guy's like a really legit golfer we can't forget about him and he's he's saying he's finally healthy so i think we're gonna see a lot of damage from brooks kepko over the next few years and i'm excited about it because he's a great player to watch yeah he looks really good man and um what else there i did you see how like slim Bryson DeChambeau looked. Yeah, that was crazy. Like scrawl, like, like skinny man. <laughs> he's went through so many body transformations over the past few years, but obviously he's playing good golf, top five there. And I think mm-hmm. like a lot of people are starting to kind of stop this and live in a way and just saying like, okay, like it, it was their decision. Like they're still coming over here and they're still competing at a high level. So yeah, I mean, I think when everyone started going to live and there was all this panic, everyone thought we were never going to see these guys again, but they're always back. So like, it doesn't yeah, really matter. As, as long as they keep playing well in these majors, um, winning them, obviously getting their exemptions back in and stuff like that. Um, it's going to be awesome to keep seeing them play. And even though they're like, maybe on, and, and that's the thing too. Like you never know the ratings on live and it could be becoming more broadcasted golf channel, stuff like that. So people will see these guys and they'll see them quite frequently. I think as time goes on, but um, obviously a big showing from him. And I thought that's why I, I took a live guy, obviously and Dustin to make that uh, pick. I think they're well-rested coming in and stuff like that too. So there's a ton of arguments, but yeah, I love seeing Kepka at the game, just like the night after you can tell he was pretty hammered, but yeah. he was just enjoying himself and he has all the right in the world to be right there. Yeah. He can do whatever he wants. He just wanted um like last thing i kind of want to say on golf unless you have any more but what about like this michael block i'm sure you've heard about this story right crazy so i don't know i guess do you want to give a quick quick rundown for the listeners who might not and then we can we can talk about it yeah so the pga championship is ran by the pga of america which is like it's not the pga tour it's a different thing so it's like all the like literally professional golf association um of america so um all these pros there's like twenty nine thousand club pros that who are the head pro at clubs that you would just go to and they would talk to you about running their tournaments or getting a lesson or something like that and he obviously michael block is one of those people who got into the tournament by winning one of the uh events that's ran for a select few of those twenty nine thousand to get into the tournament and then from there he ran with it he ended up with a top 15 um finish uh, which is unseen before in in years anyway. Um, and he made a hole-in-one playing with Rory on the final day on hole 15. And he ended up shooting even, even, even one over for a total of one over and a tie for 15th and a crazy up and down on 18 too to secure himself in for next year. And he earns ex- exemptions into the Charles Schwab, which is this week. And he'll be coming to Canada yeah. where most of our listeners can go see him at the Canadian Open. And I know... I'm always at the Canadian Open, so I'm actually excited to go watch him play there. But let's get your thoughts on it after I just gave a whole spiel about him. Well, that was perfect. That's what we needed. You can say it better than I can. So um, what was cool was that the hole-in-one is what I call a plunker. <laughs> it was a – he plunked it. It went straight in the hole. It wasn't like one that rolled in. It landed in the hole, man. I'd never seen anything like that. 
I call that a dunk. Yeah, it's a dunk. That's probably the more standard term. But so yeah. I saw like this one tweet. This guy said, if that ever happens, like that should count as a zero on the scorecard, which I, I agree. That would actually be hilarious. Yeah, I mean, that, that might never get repeated. And even the times it does just plunk in like that, like it usually will bounce out. Um, no, so. I know exactly. It's it's actually crazy to think about that happening and like the percentages and stuff like that. And then alone, let alone on a Sunday in one of the final groups at a major paired with Rory too for the guy, like incredible feel good story. Yeah. And I don't know. I saw like his tournament winnings last year or something in the last like six years were like three grand. And this year it's 260 grand. Yeah. Nuts. And he's going to go obviously make some, hopefully make some more money as long as he can make the cut it. Um, maybe one or two of these next few tournaments that he's going to and good for him. Um, you mean like you think about like storylines and stuff coming in and next thing you know, it's a club pro in the mix at a PGA championship. So that was incredible to watch. And I'm, I'm just happy for him and maybe one day we get him on the pod and hear his side of the story. Yeah. We'll get a collab episode with him and Will Zalatoris. That would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of all, all I got. So if you got anything, go for it or wrap it up. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm kind of, I think we're getting close to getting me back in here, back in the mix on the interviews too. So yeah. I'm looking forward to getting back into them. Obviously, we had to do it this way so Rasky could keep keep us buzzing during my playoffs and I could stay dialed on the hockey and he took care of all the business. So that's how we're still getting these bangers out to you so quickly every week now. And, um, yeah, with that being said, I'm pumped. I know Rask is pumped. We're all excited, and I hope you guys are too, and we really appreciate the support, and we'll see you next time.